0: Welcome to part one of my interview with Wyatt Larson of the Wildwood Hollow. This time we're talking about shadow work, what it is, how you do it, our personal experiences with it, and how it's impacting us in this time of COVID. Hello and welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins, and this is my podcast in which I talk about metaphysical topics that are catching my attention. You can find me on the web at bluelightninghealing.com. You can contact me at suzy at bluelightninghealing.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, hit the support button, share with your friends, share the love. Thanks. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker-Goins, and I have the incredible thrill and honor to be joined again with my friend Wyatt Larson of thewildwoodhollow.com. He is a shamanism practitioner, and because I record these things, he said, sure, I can help you with that topic. So (laughs) I'm calling him in again, and we're going to talk about shadow work. But first, Wyatt, what do you do?
1: Uh, Thank you, Susie. I gotta
0: be a lot smoother, don't I? (laughs) Hey Wyatt, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're gonna like start singing.
0: No. <laughs> Lots of fist bumping kind of choreography. I'm Susie. I feel like
1: that top hat and the cane and just the quartets. Okay. Anyway.
0: Do I need to start over again? No, it's I good. think I'm lost. <laughs>
1: I'm not. I still have to do my introduction, or she'll get us back on track.
0: <laughs> we'll get that. Okay, yeah. So, welcome back, Wyatt. Tell me about yourself again, please.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Susie, thank you for having me on the show again. Um, shadow work is very much a topic that is near and dear to me, as it is for a lot of people, though maybe not in a very um, friend kind of way, I suppose. Some people don't have a great relationship with the shadow work, but... What's no, it's
0: not something you take on
1: lightly. No, it is not. It's <laughs> <But> something <laughs> no. we all go through, isn't it? Um, yeah, so my name is Wyatt Larson. I am a shamanism practitioner, or shaman if you like, uh, of the Wildwood Hollow, a brand of my own making. And I essentially perform the ancient techniques and kind of blend it with a little bit of modern life coaching and a few other um, Modern and ancient modalities to be able to help my clients move forward in their path of healing. I do put a lot of the shamanic twists on everything I do because that is who I am <laughs> in essence. But yeah, so I am, I'm blessed and honored to be here again. Thanks for yay. having
0: me on. Yay, yay. And you add such a, a perspective to it. I could sit there and be all kinds of, you know, jazz hands, yada, yeah, da, da, about it but you add a depth to it that honestly, I don't always think about, you know, Mm. I don't always see just how deeply it goes. Well, like when you were talking about shamanism and and just how sacred it is, and I knew it was sacred, but all of the things in there, and I know we barely scratched the surface on shamanism. I I do know that shadow work, it makes sense that it's a part of the shamanistic um, practices because you're asking yourself to go deeper and, and this is my understanding of it. It's not, first off, um, shadow work's never finished. You're always working with it. And right. and, and so that's going to be one of the questions. It's like, how can you keep working on it? Can't you always be love and light? And I'm sure there's like, no, but, um, but it is, it's another practice that requires commitment and effort. But the effort, the payoff is so worth it, isn't it?
1: Okay. It, it absolutely is, yeah.
0: So let's let's do a real um, let's let's define shadow work then for everybody,
1: please. Well, I don't have a definition right in front of me, but to me, shadow work is working on the pieces that we do not shed light on. It is the okay. stuff that we do not let others see, even okay. those that are most dear to us. So, by so working it's the kind of like
0: secrets, or or for me, shadow work is looking at those things that um, hold some fear or darkness to it. And while I understand there needs to be a balance between light and dark, there are some parts of these like anger and fear, jealousy, which can drag one down. For me, shadow work is looking at those. How does that correlate with your definition?
1: Right. Um, That is absolutely... I mean, you don't let people normally see your fear. I mean, yeah, with arachnophobia or claustrophobia, sure. But the fear of... I mean, (laughs) I recently did this uh, for myself, but the fear of being alone for the rest of my life, you know, Uh working through that, you know, that's not something that a lot of people want to show others is that fear. So they bury it within themselves. Um, So going off of that kind of example, the shadow work that I, well, there's only one kind of shadow work. Shadow work to me is, by looking at the things you don't want others to see, the fear, okay. the hatred, the um, the anguish that you hold within yourself, okay. even the greed, you know, greed stems from a lot of places. Yeah. It is, it, it's a cause to a root trauma, usually, you know, that's what a lot of this is, is working on the root trauma of something, something yeah. we don't want even to look at. You know, I have right. read about spiders, but you know, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that yet.
0: But trauma does figure in a lot. And, and it mm-hmm. seems to me with with shamanism, it looking at one's trauma is a part of that practice. But trauma can be a part of any practice when someone is diving deeper and and looking at those events that have that have, I don't know, not necessarily taken you off a path because a trauma can put you on a different path. It's certainly going to change you on a path. But shadow work involves looking at traumas and their impact. Can you ever make the impact of a trauma absolutely go away?
1: No, it's like a wound. You know, when you cut your finger uh, with a knife, let's just say you're always going to have a scar there. It will it'll heal, but you're no longer bleeding.
0: Okay.
1: But it leaves the mark, which to me is absolutely beautiful because it shows that you lived.
0: Okay so being able to to function in life i know there are some traumas that are so debilitating that an individual can't get out of bed or can't continue living and i understand there are traumas that are that extreme for an individual right. so if you're able to when one commits to working through a trauma it doesn't lessen it does it it it, it seems to me it would lessen one's response or or like rewiring a trigger mm. Is that possible? I mean, the whole concept of trauma is fascinating to me because I know we've had it, I've experienced, and then learning to cope with it, learning how to, I, I don't know, do you manage your response to trauma? I, I'd love to get your take on trauma and, and healing from it.
1: Right. I'll use myself as an example. So recently, <clears throat> um, I went through a very, very messy breakup, <laughs> which for a lot of people is... A very real point of trauma yeah and so uh, for me this was kind of that same thing so when i was going through this trauma there was days and i was blessed that covid came around because i would not be in the place i am now if covid wasn't there like i i need my time to be able to heal and if i didn't have that you know but that being said um there was days where i didn't eat Actually, I didn't eat for about a week and a half after, and it was something that completely crushed me, but I know that there was something a lot more. So when I was doing the shadow work, dealing with whatever this was, I didn't want to be that, I, I didn't want to let it control me to the point where it stayed a trauma and stayed a wound for years after the fact okay so you know it's (laughs) really hard and you know the only way out is through it yeah so you can postpone it but you still have to go through it
0: yeah I I know people who have compartmentalized their traumas they said oh I'll look at it later but then Mm -hmm. that for my mind yeah we're not judging anybody here who chooses to live their life the way they do no that being said for me to compartmentalize it and say, I'm going to look at it later. I mean, I don't even leave my yarn compartmentalized. All of my stuff, my house is so cluttered with all the stuff that I don't want to forget. I want to keep it in mind so that I can deal with it at some point. But I can see where trauma, you say, okay, I can deal with that later when I'm stronger or when I'm better able to cope. But Is there ever that point that people can get to where they can look at those traumas, then clear right and ready to clear it?
1: Absolutely. Um, within many practices, it's not just associated to shamanism. We look at trauma, the root cause of trauma. There's many different ways. There's, you know, many different ways this can cat. To be able to look at trauma in different ways. For the shamanic side of it, and what I have experience with, going in and seeing the spiritual side of trauma and recalling the soul piece that had left during that, Will yeah. help empower that person to work through it. It's completely natural to dissociate, which is the the term for it in uh, sociology. Soul loss is dissociation. So, it's completely natural natural to dissociate and to experience soul loss. It is your, it is essentially the only way that your body and you are able to survive and live after trauma. Yeah but it's not natural to not have that soul piece recalled. So with, you know, with that said, a lot of people do shadow work alongside with plant medicine, being able to alter yourself in such a way to be able to see something from a different perspective.
0: Define plant medicine, please.
1: Um the entheogenic plants like Oh, you're going
0: to have to define that word too. Sorry. <laughs>
1: So an entheogen is a plant, it is a psychoactive plant that is used in shamanic cultures around the world. You oh. experience them. Um, a lot of people know the big one, ayahuasca, the yeah. sacred brew. Um, there's also fly agarac, which is the little red mushroom with white spots on it that is used by the Siberian shamans and the ancient Norse. Okay. Uh, you have iboga, you have um, peyote, you know, Lepophora okay. liliamzii which is here in the U.S., San Pedro. There's so many, but um, marijuana even, which is <laughs> she comes to me as Mother Mary. She introduces herself as Mother Mary, marijuana does. And she is actually how I was able to work through this breakup.
0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: Yeah. She did it through laughter. because <laughs> she was like, you're not wanting to deal with this. So we're going to laugh. And then I ended up crying. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Laughing until you cry. Uh, that's yeah. The laughter is that it, I've used it so much in my own healing. Um, some folks have called my humor, a defense mechanism. And it's like, not always because I think I'm a riot. <laughs> <laughs> we and, <all> do <laughs> yeah, thank you, darling. Thank you. I find that laughter is one of those things that can shift energy quite easily. It, 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 it is a, a profound healer. Uh, I know people who have said uh, they got a cancer diagnosis and they started watching everything hilarious. And, and it helped them to heal from cancer. And you know, so it, it played a part in my healing too. Um, but, oh golly, I just lost track. So you've defined plant medicine, using plant medicine as a means to, to navigate through trauma. Right. And I know there are other ways to do it. You know, journaling and meditation, there's no one correct way to navigate through trauma to do the spirit, the the shadow work.
1: Right. Um, Shadow work, the term a lot of people don't enjoy is shadow work because a lot of people associate it with, you know, working with demons and necromancy and this and that, which in a way you kind of are, you're pulling up the old bones that are found within your own life. Okay, you're, you're dealing with your personal demons. Exactly.
0: Oh, I can get that, yeah. I love that you use the word bones when you're referring to your shamanistic practice, practi- your shamanism practice.
1: God. My, my, I love my, the
0: word bones when you use it in reference to what you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
0: It's very evocative and, and it does get down into, the, into that core, uh, healing that core belief. And it goes deep it really goes quite deeply and so i love that um so going into the bones people don't like the word shadow work dealing with demons and q where were you going with that before i interrupted <laughs> I'm sorry you gave me that deer in the headlight look sorry about that um
1: it's fine i don't remember either um
0: okay well
1: I just try and figure out where i was going though um
0: people don't like dealing with their own demons
1: no, people don't. Uh, dealing with their own demons means that they have to fess up and take ownership of their part within something.
0: Yeah.
1: And a lot of people don't enjoy, you know, the term shadow work. A lot for that reason, um, this Judaic belief system swept through and turn, demonized everything. So shadow yeah. work gained its own kind of unpopularity. <laughs> I, I personally have to believe, That to be able to do shadow work, you have to be spiritual on some level. And not just, I read the Bible every day. You have to be spiritual in the fact that you have a relationship with spirit in whatever form that you worship or believe in. Because you are having to find and fess up and work deeper. And it's hard and, no, it's not hard. It's impossible to do it alone. It's impossible to do it without someone to help guide you aka your spirits or angels or um even if you're just bypassing them and going straight to the divine you know
0: (laughs) yeah well i can see where our definition of source is well source is all inclusive so it doesn't mean that if somebody is is christian or or hebrew or muslim or or atheist even There is something that is greater than all of this put together, whether it is Allah or Jesus or or Yahweh or even science. Science is a unifying thing. People want to be better, and science helps them. And so, something like psychotherapy could help somebody work through and do their shadow work.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So so it's not just I believe in God, so I'm going to face my demons, sort of thing. It's no, it's it's that that desire that I think. I think that's part of the human condition is to want to be better to, to, to heal. And true, I know there are some people out there who just aren't able to handle it. Maybe it's because they don't know why or how. They don't know how they can heal. They don't know where to start. Right. So that leads into the next question. Where do you think one can start when they, when they're looking at shadow work?
1: Um, there, (laughs) there really is no definitive answer because you can start pretty much anywhere, but where I have started in the past was the inner child and then letting it grow out. And from there, you know, letting it evolve naturally into, um, different aspects. So one great thing, actually, there's a few great exercises that I can recommend. Uh, one is the inner child. So one great way to work with inner child is to pull up a picture. (laughs) We should all have baby pictures at now at this point should. Um, But find a baby picture or as close as you can to a child picture, a childhood picture and look into your own eyes and start talking to yourself as your child. And that is immensely healing uh i know i was like just breaking down crying and what i was just blubbering and made no sense but you know it 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 works um yeah and then from there i turned it into looking into the mirror into my own eyes in the present and talking to myself as my child as you're safe in this present moment and then i turned to affirmations and i did affirmations in the mirror (laughs) from affirmations i and and affirmations while i'm on it i if you have a mala the
0: The 108 bead it's not a necklace it's it's prayer beads
1: yeah yeah um if you have a rosary that works great too but i did affirmations through the prayer beads and i did this you know one affirmation 108 times move on to the next affirmation 108 times and I do this as I was walking around the store that I work in
0: <laughs> yeah um,
1: just as a way for me to heal and to really get it into my head and integrate it
0: yeah walking movement and and affirmations I can see it really helps as you're repeating your affirmation and moving around it helps to really give you that muscle memory to remind your body and integrate it so smoothly so nicely I I, I really like that inner child work. I know a lot of folks start with that. I've, I've looked at inner child stuff too. Um, I mean, some people would go, Ooh, I can't look in the mirror, but you're looking, how are you able to do that? Cause mirror work mm-hmm. is a fascinating topic too. Where do I want to go with that? So you talked about stages.
1: Mirrors are intensely powerful too. Yeah. It's, um, I could go on several different topics, but like the mirror itself, um, the altar mirror or the black mirror is something that a lot of people have and super easy to make, but they're used as divinatory means. Right. Divination also does not mean, you know, you're looking to the future or anything. It's also looking within. Yeah. So finding something that is just beyond your sight. So looking in the mirror is something intensely healing because you're looking at yourself you're looking at every impurity everything that you hate about yourself and telling it that you love it. It's that affirmation that helps to remind you.
0: There was one I was given where I love you just because. And mm. to say it to myself in the mirror. And that was very healing. The shadow work is not always a hard process. It's not well, I think shadow work is by definition kind of challenging. It's not always gentle. You can do gentle things maybe? Affirmations? I mean, mm-hmm. is, is, is shadow work always like in your face, rock and roll, heavy metal kind of stuff?
1: I don't really have that experience with it. The mm-hmm. techniques that I have always used have a very gentle effect, but the, the effects of what I do are intensely powerful. You know, it's mm-hmm. when I do these affirmations and I have an adverse reaction, yet yeah, I keep pushing through it, And it starts bringing up memories and the trauma, the root cause of the trauma. And I just burst out crying. That's not exactly fun, but it's not, you know, as long as you don't resist it, (laughs) I suppose.
0: I know. Resistance makes things so much harder. Um, And that's, isn't that the irony of it? You have to face your fear of facing a fear in order to be, I think, really successful at at looking at your own, at, at dealing with your own shadow work. So inner child journaling
1: eh. Journaling is also great it's Um, really
0: great i just it's just not great for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair
0: yeah and taking um you know baby steps if you if you're able to look at one thing you know i I always tell the story about working on my body image i found my right ankle was particularly entrancing and that's just an ankle considering that was there but I worked my way up and found more things about my body. And and if it wasn't pretty or perfect by some artificially induced standard, I was still able to say, gee whiz, you've gotten through a whole lot. You have really survived. And so that's given me that motivation to keep going. So as you chip away a little bit at this shadow work, you know, you take care of that little imp and you can move on to the bigger demons so that it can do. It's a cumulative effect. Right. You, you spent COVID working through this or part of the pandemic working through this, and I have been work, working at my own stuff. I think um, what was it early on? Somebody, some celebrity said, well if you don't come out with a new skill, you just haven't been doing it right. It's like I'm um, excuse me. <laughs> if I can come out of this without a skill, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to learn how to paint. I don't need to build a house. But if I can come out of this with even a modicum of mental health in place and, and an ability to have said, yes, I have worked through something, I think that's a win. I don't think it's a standard to keep everybody to. This has been You're right. This has been a prime time right. for us to, to, to start looking at shadow work. Um, what, what are the stats? People aren't, aren't um, going back to work at restaurants because people are realizing how badly they pay. Oh yeah. And and that somebody's going to yell at you no matter what because everybody's got all this pent up anger with it. So that's what I would like to see is all this shadow work getting tackled now before we really start opening so that we can realize and come to appreciate how much we missed having that human contact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. COVID and I have said this many times before both on Miwi and um other spaces the the pandemic that we experience and COVID itself, there's a lot of a lot of spiritual recognition, yeah. at least in the spiritual community, about what COVID is doing, has done and why it's here. COVID, from what I firsthand experience, COVID is forcing us to look at what we are doing both within our lives and nature, and we are so disconnected from ourselves we are so disconnected from nature and the only way to heal that is through the shadow work everyone sees COVID as this dark spiraling mass of evil energy and it's really not
0: (laughs) no it just is it's energy and it's yeah it's been our response to it however that played out at whatever level that has it 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 has served its purpose
1: exactly it's not evil it's not anything else it's actually a living organism that just wants to survive as much as we do and is going about it its natural way yeah nature is nature and the more that we try and fight it the more that we find that it's going to fight back yeah
0: as anything that wants to survive will. but and, and and now you know hearkening back to the right so much of the reactions that people have had to the various aspects of um of covid and masks and and vaccination. somebody i don't know if you were at that event but there was this woman who had asked a question and she listed off all of this stuff she had done so we as practitioners were sitting there just going um uh i i i, I got nothing to add to it and she made a statement about some of these people who are shouting the most about their rights being infringed upon. They've just got some uncared for inner children. Mm-hmm. So while that rang so true in that moment, and I can see it happening, but only in that situation, are, are you that familiar with working with the inner child, so that you could talk to the point of how a neglected inner child can manifest as a petulant, tantrum throwing adult? Because that's a very interesting
1: concept to me. I, I mean, I see it in everyday life. Yeah. When a child is not being heard, they are going to do what they know will get them the attention that they need.
0: It escalates.
1: It does. You know, adults, we're not too far off. (laughs) Mm -mm. We, you know, we do the same thing. A lot of people, if they're not being recognized, will start raising their voice a little bit more. We'll start getting a little bit heated. We'll start, you know, and there's these the steps of escalation that you can see both within a child and within an adult and within a crone as well it just keeps ranking up and just getting worse and worse and worse until they do get that recognition when i was going to school in montana i had a teacher and i would sit and talk with her for hours and hours and i loved her she told me a story of this father so she was saying that this father wasn't really being responded to in regards to his child um, and was just getting really, really heated. And he just kept yelling and was very angry and wasn't making any sense. Anyway, so my teacher, when she was working with this guy, she said, okay, so you want this? And he's like, no. She's like, well, that's what you said. He's like, no, I, I just want this. And she's like, oh, so you want this? And he's like, yes. And you could see like the stress start to roll off. And people will just start spouting things until they get the necessary attention to be able to get their point across. And so that's with what we have experienced in COVID and in past times, wars, you know, everything. That's essentially just what's going on is the inner child is not being recognized for whatever reason. Until it gets that recognition, it's just going to keep escalating. And so there's, you know, so many de-escalation processes that we know about. And yeah. it's really just taking the time and the moment to be able to recognize what this person is saying. Now, <laughs> I do also understand that some people are just belligerent because they can be.
0: Okay. I guess. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Oh, yeah. like <laughs> They're just... This past year, we all have experienced that.
0: <laughs> yeah, some people are just cranky. And 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 I know we have so many to be trained on de-escalation. I, it's still kind of breaking my brain over that because why would somebody throw up this kind of, of grief to somebody, to, to another person? And, and And I've had those moments, I admit i'm not happy with it but being recognizing being cognizant of that fact um and i guess walking up to one of them saying you know i think we need to work some do some shadow work with you right now it's just not going to work so i don't know where this conversation is going why it feels a little bit i don't know where else are we going with this